your fellowship all around the world and back on the strip. I'm bringing smart mobility into smart communities. From London to Amsterdam, Denver and Toronto, Barcelona, Seoul, and San Francisco. We're making more livable Australian communities. Hello, smart community friends, and welcome to the third episode of the Smart Mobility Churchill Fellowship Podcast, and welcome back to Smart Composi. I've been thinking a lot about what to say in this episode, what to talk about, and I think the theme of integration is an important one. But before we get into that, I just want to share something I've been thinking a lot about. Mobility is like life. You don't solve it. You do life. You live life and you continually do things to try and make your life better. Changes day to day and your needs change over time. Some days are good and some are bad. Some days are crazy and some days are mundane. Everyone wants something different out of life, just as with mobility. But there are common threads, things that tie us all together. There are necessities and luxuries that will be different for each person. And working those things out is a matter of trial and error and calculated risk. So if we start thinking about mobility like this and smart mobility like this, then we can really grasp the complexity and the integration that's required in our smart mobility choices. So let's talk about what I've been up to. So uh, just a bit of a shout out to my friends, my smart community friends in San Francisco. Shout out to Jonathan Reichenthal, who's a former CIO of Palo Alto, the city of Palo Alto, and now is an independent contractor and is now an independent consultant. Jonathan was able to, well, one, meet with me, which was great. We had a great breakfast in San Francisco, and he also connected me with a whole bunch of people. So thanks, Jonathan. The second is from Udacity, so Leah Weedman, Bianca Harvey, and David Silva. Thanks so much for showing me Carla, the car, um, the autonomous vehicle, and also um, speaking with Vienna online. So thanks, Leah, for organizing all of that. And uh, the third is Arup, so William Baumgardner, Melissa Rule, and Megan G. Thanks so much for meeting with me, and thanks, Megan, for taking me out on St. Patrick's Day. So I flew out of San Francisco straight to Mexico City. Mexico City was an amazing place um, and I really felt that there was lots of things happening and I wasn't really too sure what to expect. So I'm really excited to share this with you all. So let's move on to the theme of integration. So I've chosen integration because smart mobility, we can't just talk about the different modes or these things in isolation. No one mode will do. So let's talk in three main themes. Integration of people and place with mobility. Let's start with that. The population swell of Mexico City itself with people coming in from the outer suburbs and regional areas is huge. Anecdotally, the people I spoke with, uh, some say it's swelled by double, some say more than double because that's where the jobs are. And this resulted in congestion, obviously, uh, losing time and that pollution factor as well of congested traffic. So we really need to think about this long and hard. There's an issue of people being able to get to the place that they want 
at the time that they want it. There may be some modes available, but are they efficient? Are they effective? Are they low emissions? Are they safe? So we need to think about all these things and why people are traveling. They're traveling for work. They'll do different things if they're traveling for leisure. If they're um, traveling with small children or the elderly or people with limited mobility, these things all need to be considered when we talk about mobility. Also on this note, accessibility is a real issue in Mexico City. Um, (laughs) And this was included a lot in our conversations. It's a different context but similar issue to San Francisco. In San Francisco, the topography really uh, restricted access based on the, you know, the gradients and depending on what uh, modes of transport where you want to go, it may be an issue. And here it's the infrastructure and the standard um, quality of infrastructure and um, footpaths and corridors. Some areas you can see have had a real focus on this and with accessibility ramps and, and widths, but this isn't universal and seems to be understanding that we, we definitely need it and it needs to be standardised um, and it would be very difficult if you had limited mobility to move around. And that's where those options are so important. It's definitely not a pleasurable experience driving a car in Mexico City. I didn't drive, but I was a passenger. Uh, I found it interesting, but day-to-day I'm sure that would get old pretty quickly. So let's move on to the integration of public transport and the regions and micro-mobility options. The pain point of all the people I spoke with was that there was an overutilization of the public transport that was currently available. And there was a huge issue with safety on um, particularly microbuses and other public transport, particularly for women. And these, let's talk about these microbuses for a second. They're like feeder services um, that serve the, the regional areas. At the moment, they remain largely unregulated, which decreases the safety, the quality of the service and the lack of structure of where the routes are going and what time they're going to pick you up. So it's a, an issue of quality of service. I'd be really keen to see the data on these trips, um, who's taking them, how many, is it effective, is it efficient, because I think we could really improve that space. But you really need the baseline data, and if that doesn't exist, it's going to be difficult to measure the benefits and disbenefits. So there seems to be a focus on trying to understand and regulate these services to improve them. What smart community thinking and technology could we use to do this? So if we collected simple baseline data, you could measure or you could change some things and measure the impacts and benefits, and that would actually be the first step. But also super important would be the local knowledge and understanding and implementation of people that actually understand the local context. Um, So, yes, I met a lot of these amazing people that would be just perfect for this, my new smart community friends. So that's just one example of using using data to improve those services in a a fairly, um, I mean, the concept is simple. The implementation in reality might be a bit more challenging, but it would be an interesting study. The third is, uh, in this space, is pollution. If we don't integrate that public transport with the regional areas, then people are going to choose to drive their car. And there was lots of talk about pollution and some of the programs and things that are in place, um, some have worked to a limited degree uh, talking to the people and some have not. Um, One was that the car needs to be checked for emissions and pass an emissions test and that seems to have reduced the pollution 
uh, over the last however long it's been around for. However, the one that has had limited success is, depending on your number plate, uh, you had to stop driving for one day a week. That was if you had a car, say, you know, 10 years old, something like this. And so people got around this. I mean, it sounds great in theory, but people got around this if they could afford to and bought another car. If that was their only mode or their chosen mode to go to work, then they needed to, um, just because you couldn't drive on Monday didn't mean that work stopped on Monday. So if, you could, if, if people could afford to, then they would buy another car, um, which didn't solve the problem at all, obviously. And then if they couldn't, then they couldn't go to work and couldn't travel to work, which is really limiting. So yeah, it's just interesting and put it, not putting on you know additional service to fill that gap. Um, which is what would be needed if something like this were to to come about. And there wasn't a huge amount of talk of electric vehicles and, um, you know, decarbonizing the transport network. There wasn't the uh, replacing, you know, the car trips with other uh, micro-mobility options, um, you know, closer to the destination. And I thought that this must be a full integration of that network. Um, so thinking about the whole mapping of, what the journey would look like and these different modes. And I'm not convinced that we actually need more modes. I think there's a lot of modes available, but it's actually about utilising them more effectively and efficiently and choosing the ones that are um, going to be best for the people and also the best for um, the environment and moving forward into that space to I mean, reduce pollution uh, for one, but then thinking about how we're impacting the planet and the environment. So the third is the integration of thoughts, technology, and the urban environment. As I mentioned, I met some amazing talent here in Mexico City, so both in the startup and mobility um, technology companies, such as Rusi, Urban, Drive, Auto Chilango, and Capify. So thanks everyone who met with me from these um, from these organizations. It was really great, and I am. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with me. And then I met some, say, thought leaders and an urban mobility consultant such as Pablo Lazo, Diana C. Fuentes, Mooch, Bernardo Baranda. These people uh, have some really amazing ideas in this space and are really trying to make a difference, and I love that. And I also met some Mexican mobility enthusiasts, so Olga and Raphael, thanks so much for reaching out to me on LinkedIn and we had a great dinner and talked about some of the mobility issues and some of the other challenges that Mexico City is facing. So it's a really amazing place, um, lots of wonder and opportunity, I think, and everyone that I met was friendly, accommodating and just really great people. I had a really great time and I reckon I could live in Mexico City for a while. But back on the integration of thoughts, tech, and urban environment, I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but there's technology and then there's the urban environment. So that messy bit in the middle, that integration of the two, is what's really important. So that's some of the things like, you know, understanding the data and then what changes we can make um, to improve the, the network. And you need to think about sustainability in the full sense of the word, so um, economic viability for the people that are, are driving as well as the people that are using the tr- public transport. From the environmental perspective, obviously, we need to be making greater choices and we do need to be big and bold about this. And then the social aspect, so it needs to be safe and equitable. So the integration of people, place, 
and mobility. This is how we need to be planning our cities. The integration of public transport and different modes connecting the regions all the way down to the micromobility. There was lots of micromobility in Mexico, which I haven't talked about a lot here. I think I could do an entire episode on that because there's lot there's choices. Um, people are, are using um, you know different options in micromobility. It's changing the way the streets are being used, um, which was an observation, and. It also is increasing awareness that there are other modes other than cars, which is really important. But do we need so many modes? Do we need to be saturating the streets um, with with scooters or, you know, whatever the mode is? I think there's lots to be said about that and let's talk about that. I think I'll do an entire episode just on micromobility once I get a bit of a feel for some of the other areas that are kind of starting to uh, really think about this micromobility space. But what's important, I think, is the integration between the regional areas all the way down to the micromobility options at the other end. And then the last one is the integration of thoughts, tech, and the urban environment. Because without that, we can't work towards achieving some of the things that we want to achieve in the mobility space. Like life, we want to continue to improve things for the most amount of people possible. So that's what I have to say about integration and Mexico City. Really keen to hear your thoughts. I'm here in Toronto now, so I'm excited to see what insights I can gain. The interesting thing about insights is we just need time sometimes to think. So I've been in really enjoying being able to think and some of the things that you know have come out are, are fairly obvious things. Um, obviously, we need to integrate across the different disciplines and um, you know, in that smart community sense. But sometimes you just need a bit of time to think. So that's what I really appreciate about this fellowship. I've been able to do a lot of thinking on the road. been pretty hectic today, um, but it should slow down a little bit. I say that, touch wood. Uh, the first part of this trip I've only had, say, three to five days in each place, whereas that'll extend out to about a week in each place after. So we'll see how that goes. Thanks so much for listening uh, to this podcast and I really appreciate your support. We'll talk again soon. Have the best day. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this exclusive Churchill Fellowship Smart Mobility podcast. And thanks so much for your support and being part of SmartCom Posse. Please let your family and friends know and encourage them to come over and join our Posse. Posible.com and search My Smart Community. Thank you.